Welcome back to my podcast where we get our shift together, um, where you, where I help you get your shift together. Um, I am really, really excited to be back. It, it appears, it appears that I had an episode ready to publish and forgot to publish it. So if anybody is um, kind of wondering why the episodes got stacked a little strange, there we go. And that's fine. I mean, it is what it is. I'm an imperfect human being. And I love to remind people of that because for some reason, when you become a coach, people think that you are mm, invincible and you've done the work and you're obviously way ahead of me. And, you know, maybe, maybe that's true. And also maybe I'm still healing. So welcome back to another episode. And today's episode, we're going to talk about something really, really important. I think it might be the most important thing when it comes to the healing journey. Um, yeah, it's it's something that I think is definitely, it's like an underestimated thing. It's power, you know, but let's, yeah, let's get into that. So the topic of today's episode is integration, why you need to make time to rest and integrate in your relationships. And I have a really interesting example later on in like a story, actually, later on in the podcast, which um, for some reason, I think it really catapulted me into this relationship work, even though it has nothing to do with relationships, but maybe it has everything to do with relationships because I always, I like to talk about it. Um, it's actually kind of what, I mean, I saw it as a relationship. Most people wouldn't. And I think that's the unique thing about being here is that you're going to get a lot of these stories, a lot of these examples that seem very, um, you know, like day to day kind of thing. But I like to make the connection that it is like kind of like a relationship and it it isn't just kind of like a relationship. It is a relationship. So let's get into that. Uh, so, folks, I can't stress enough. Um I can't stress this enough. As someone who does all the things, wears all the hats, wants to learn everything there is about topics that excite me, you know, I just kind of go down this rabbit hole. As someone who is hungry for knowledge and strives to be her best, there is one thing I have to share with you that is the key to stepping into greatness and being in your power. And it's not even about like stepping forward or moving forward at all. It doesn't have the sense of moving forward or making strides. It's all about integration. So integration, we hear this word a lot. And what does it really mean? So let's get a shared definition to ensure that we're all on the same page, right? Um, I'm like a nerd when it comes to words. I love to know like the origin of the words. And so the etymology, I, I looked it up. And the Latin word integrare means make whole. It also means to renew um, or begin again. And then there's like a French I think a French derivative of the word integration. Um, it means renewal and restoration or the act of bringing together the parts of a whole. So integration, that is the work. The act of bringing together parts of a whole. A lot of the time what happens is we split into different parts and learn different strategies in our relationships because we learn that if I act like this more, if this, if I, if I connect with this part of myself, you know, the giving part of myself or the funny part of myself, if I stay here and pretend that this is all of me, then I gain connection from people because people think I'm funny. Um, people think I'm giving. And so they like me more. And if I, if I'm afraid of abandonment, these are the safer parts to be in because they're going to ensure that I get connection, right? Integration is the work. Integration means that we bring together all parts of a whole. So we're kind of piecing together all the parts. If you watched, um, I like to think of this like kind of like a big puzzle, right? Or like if you've ever watched, um, I think it was Encanto, right? Where, um, yeah, if you, it's that Disney movie. And if you've ever watched Encanto, what happens is, um, what is her name? Mirabelle. She um, finds all of the missing little pieces of the puzzle of the uncle that they're not allowed to talk about. Or I don't know if it's of him, 
but it's it's something that like one of the uncles in their family where they're not allowed to talk about him because he's kind of estranged and um he would say these like he would make these predictions that were just kind of like um that would happen i think or like it he just was seen as somebody who caused a lot of trouble and so she went to go like investigate and look into that and what she found was all these like all these pieces um they're like these glowing puzzle pieces that they when they moved together um formed a bigger picture and and you know was like came together as the whole and the it's it's a it's a movie about like all of the different parts of the family and all of the different gifts that each person has in this family all come together to make this very unified powerful beautiful family um and yeah, in order for it to function, they all had to be together. So integration is the work. Allowing the pieces to fall in place, that's the work. Integration is the piece that ensures the sustainability of all the work and progress made towards any kind of achievement. And the reason why that's important is because our whole life doesn't simply come down to things that we did. After all, we're human beings, not human doings, right? So we are continuously shifting. It's the reason why like, we talk about shifting so much here on this podcast and why my name has just shapeshift. Like it's just shapeshift because it's like the shapeshifter energy. We're constantly shifting, constantly changing, constantly transforming. Our work is never done. There's no magic destination that when, when you arrive, you get to relish in that glory and joy forever. When people say, um, this too shall pass, we typically say that when we're uncomfortable and in a shitty situation, but this too shall pass also goes for whenever we feel happy and joyful. And I don't mean that to be like, I'm not saying that to be a downer, like, oh, your joy is gonna be taken away from you. And no, that's not the point I'm trying to make. But there's no... There's no constant, I'm in glory and joy forever. I think to be in that kind of state is, is a fantasy. And so I just want to kind of also bring that up. I'm not saying somebody's going to come and take your joy away. You are in control of that. But also know that there are things that are going to happen in life that you can't control. And those things might shift your mood. They might shift your emotions and your energy right? How many times, like by the time we thought we arrived to this place that we wanted to be, um, not just physically, but like, let's say I wanted, um, I have a goal in my relationship and my goal is to, um, you know, advocate for myself and ask for my needs more. By the time I think I've done that, another shift has happened. Now I don't want that. I want something else. So we have it all wrong right? Like the way that we see things, we have it all wrong. So what's going to help, what's going to help our situation, you know, like what's going to help, like what's going to help sustain our vital life force energy? What, what is it? It's taking an opportunity to pause and enjoy the moment, to sit and be with oneself, to celebrate one's current state, not for the accolades and the achievements, but just because. A lot of us think that we're, um, it's like a lot of us know that this work also is really this feeling of like not being enough and that the work is to remind ourselves that we are enough. So in order to do that, sometimes you've got to slow down, you've got to pump the brakes and give yourself, create the opportunity to celebrate your current state. Give yourself the, um, the, the opportunity to celebrate how far you've come, right? When there's no pause in between and the energy of the body is out of balance, there will come a time where you will experience burnout, right? Have you heard that term before? Have you felt that before? Burnout is our way of saying, it's it's a way of saying that you're emotionally, mentally, and physically exhausted. And it's usually brought on by prolonged stress. We usually feel this like in the workplace where we just don't know how to stop. We call people workaholics. They don't know how to stop working and then they burn out. They don't know how to turn themselves off. They come home and they're just constantly like, go, 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 go. And if you're constantly going like a marathon runner, it doesn't matter how good you are at running. At some point when you hit a certain amount of miles, like and you haven't stopped running for like a day or like 30 hours or however long you're running for, 
your body will cramp up and it will say, I'm under a lot of stress. Pay attention to me, right? It's your body's way of saying, hey, pay attention to me. I'm fucking tired. Let's try something different. And unfortunately, a lot of us have been trained to ignore the body and push beyond the pain, push beyond our limits for the sake of other people. I hate to tell you, but it is a lot of the time we were told these things and, and trained this way, and it was for the sake of others, right? Otherwise, we wouldn't be pushing ourselves if it was for the sake of ourselves. We wouldn't be pushing ourselves. We wouldn't be um, to the to the point of like, um, like to the brink of, I don't know, like like really bad health and um, and maybe even death. But yeah, so this is your tip. Leave room for integration. You can be a high achieving person and choose to pause and give yourself credit and love and validation and be in happiness for all the things that you've achieved. You can do that. You can be both. You will not die from allowing yourself some space and time. You will not lose it all, right? I think that that's actually, I'm going to bring it up that that is the fear. It's fear. It's fear. And fear is very, it's a very normal emotion that everyone feels, by the way. So if you're kind of like, no, I can't feel fear. You know, that's, that's definitely something that I just got to push beyond. I am not afraid. I got to push beyond it. You know, sometimes like integration means that there is a part of yourself that is afraid. And again, you might be hanging out with a part of yourself that needs to push beyond the fear, right? But integration means bringing all the parts together as a whole, because you are a whole human being. You deserve to allow yourself the space to be afraid. It's okay to be afraid. Everybody feels fear. Everybody, right? Had to take a breath there. I am taking a breath because it's true. The moment in my life that I choose to face my fears, and by face, I mean lean into it. I mean, investigate it a little bit, like get curious. And, you know, when, when I say get curious, it's like it's open. It's not like this, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm fearing. Oh, but, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm afraid of this thing. I'm so ashamed. No, get curious about it. Leave room for it. That's loving. Love yourself. You want to love yourself? integrate give yourself some space to integrate create time to investigate the more you do this the more you get curious and have some open space and learn to investigate and lean into your fear the less and less scary it actually gets anyways right because the more we start to like look at all the like let's say it's an actual like personified thing or like an actual thing the more you look at like the crevices and you start to kind of like look at look towards the thing and you face it, the less and less scary it gets. I know that was the case for me when it came to pregnancy and the way that, for example, in Hollywood, they always show pregnancies as this painful, scary situation where you're helpless and nobody can help you and they're rushing to try to help you. And it's this like really frantic, scattered energy. And um, mom is always screaming and yelling and really pissed off and wants to like, and is kind of like a she-hulk like wanting to smash everything, right? And then magically a baby comes out and they're just like so exhausted and tired that they don't even want to look at the baby sometimes. Like that's the Hollywood version. Or, you know, also maybe the Hollywood version would be that all that work for this bundle of joy. And mom is really happy, but she had to go through all of that crazy ass pain, right? That's not the case for everyone, by the way. Some people actually have really, really beautiful um uh, euphoric, um, um, what, what is the word? Uh, it is, it is on the tip of my tongue, orgasmic, orgasmic, um, births. Yeah. You're like, what, what do you mean by that? And, you know, I know I'm going off on a little bit of a tangent here, but what I'm trying to say is this instills a lot of fear for women who are about to deliver babies. This is this instills a lot of fear for a lot of mothers who are about to deliver their babies. Um, the fear of pain, the fear of not being able to get through it, the fear of death on the on the um, when you're birthing, right? These are the stories that are told over and over and over, 
And these are the things that are shown over and over and over. But it's not always like that. And it might not be like that for you. And the more you face it, the more I watched and prepared and like got to know and learned and experienced and understood what the birthing process was going to be like, the, the less scary it got, the more prepared I felt, you know? So, and I experienced that. So I'm, I'm telling you, like, the more you lean into your fear, the less scary it gets, I promise you. And this has happened every single time in, in coaching with me. It's like, there's so many things that we don't realize that we're afraid of. And when we face it, and when we finally sit with it, and granted, it's maybe with the help of somebody else, right? Maybe it's too hard to do by yourself. So, and when I was in coaching, I remember like sitting as the, um, on the other side, having a, hiring a coach and then being, being there and like being afraid of so many things, like, especially in my relationship, losing my partner. Um, it felt like death, losing myself, um, you know, losing connection with X, Y, Z, whoever was significant to me. And, you know, if I am who I am, will I lose my partner? Will I lose the connection that I have with my mom? Will things change? Will things be different? I don't want things to be different. I'm so scared of that. I'm scared of the death of this relationship, etc. And when we lean into it, like, look at where I am now. I'm sitting here doing this podcast, helping others, because I have seen, I have come out the other end and, and like actually faced my fears and then saw that all of my fears were really just like kind of like these dangling illusions to stop me from going to moving into it and, and seeing what lies beyond it. Okay. So, um, I digress. I know that we kind of went into fears more, but like, yes, I mean, the, the room, the, the tip here is to leave room for integration, um, so that, I mean, integration is what's going to bring on what I just talked about. So let's do this right now. If you're resonating or relating with this type of person that I described, then um, maybe just you can put your heart over your hand or, you know, just um, just feel what it feels like if you're resonating or relating. OK, um, if you're someone who needs to keep up or you'll get stuck or you'll get left behind, if you're someone who is taking care of children right? Maybe you're taking care of children. Um, maybe you're a homeschool mom and you're always at home and they're dependent on you and you, you know, you are responsible for their lives. Uh, maybe you're a father who, a single father or a father who is, you know, in that caretaking role and you're taking care of children. It's your responsibility or you're a caretaker, like an actual caretaker or caregiver, and you feel like you can't stop or maybe your patient might die. Like, you know, these are like really impactful, important beliefs that we have, right? If you're, um, maybe you're the oldest sibling, maybe you're the parentified child. Maybe you feel like if you stop, something horrible is going to happen in your life. If you slow down, you'll lose everything you've worked hard to do. If you just simply take a breath, like a really big breath, you'll be so foolish that someone will outrun you. <sighs> Taking a deep breath. I see you. I see you. I see you. And I'm going to invite you to take a breath with me. So taking a breath is, let's go ahead and um, have you inhale through your nose, deep breath in through the nose, exhale through the mouth. <sighs> okay. Now notice, was that breath shallow? Was that breath normal? Maybe normal for you is shallow. Um, was that a normal breath for you, a natural breath? Did it feel like you couldn't breathe? Was there constriction or tension in the, maybe you feel like you have the weight of the world on your shoulders. Like literally that might be, that might mean tension and weight on the shoulders. Like you feel heavy, right? And when we feel like there's weight on our shoulders, it's going to be really hard to breathe and expand. So let's do that again. Just notice what are the sensations that are happening in your body? So take a breath, inhale through the nose, and exhale through the mouth. So with our breath, we can create a little bit more and more space, right? Like if you feel like you have the weight of the world on your shoulders, breathing is going to counteract that feeling 
It's going to allow you to start to create expansive uh, expansion in your body and it's going to kind of push against. So there's going to be tension because something's pushing towards and you're pushing outwards and that's where you want to be. Tension is always what's going to, um, yeah, I'm not going to go into that, but usually like you need tension in order to, <clears throat> um, like a lot of the time when we have a goal of something, like when, like when you're fishing and you're trying to like, you know, reel in your fish, there's tension on the line. And in order to reel in that fish and, and bring home the fish, like you actually have to keep tension, right? And you have to keep kind of pulling on that line and too much slack and it's going to like, I don't know, something can happen. So tension is not a horrible thing. Just feel where you are feeling the tension and allow yourself to breathe some space into those spaces, right? So one last time, let's just take one last deep breath in, the deepest breath that you can take today. Do that for yourself. Take a deep, deep breath in through the, your nose. And then exhale, maybe sighing it out like a sigh of relief. Let me see you. Let me see you, right? Thank you for slowing down, even if it's just for a moment for me to see you here and to help me understand. Maybe give yourself a moment and just say thank you for allowing yourself those three deep breaths. That's huge. It's huge. Most of us don't even give ourselves the time to do this. So you can give yourself permission to do this anytime, anytime. And if this is challenging, which often it is for people who are not used to asking for help, um, who are not used to, you know, and not just help like from someone else, but like, look, you just got help from your body. Breathing in this way, you're asking for help from your lungs, right? You are the source of that help. And so um, this actually gives you more uh, resource to your breath is a resource, right? And it, it actually helps you to connect with your energy and, um, and expand and you can get support from yourself in this way. But a lot of the time we're supporting ourselves externally, like, oh, I got to support myself with money, got to support myself with a house, got to support myself with this and that. Like you can support yourself internally too. And when you support yourself internally, that will also kind of start to show outwardly. So um, if you're not sure what integration is going to look like and you feel like you need to know what that even means or how that even looks like to step into it, um, you know, maybe then investigate some of that. I'm not going to tell you not to do that um, because I can't tell you that it's safe to integrate. I can't I can't make you believe that. So <clears throat> maybe you find someone in your life that will call you out on your bullshit, but that you give permission to do so, right? In that like, you know, I, I would say that like a lot of my coaches, I gave them permission to like bitch slap me. Um, I don't like that term, but you know what I mean? Like it just, you know what I mean? It's just like, like people are like, oh, that's the loving, like, that's the loving slap in the face that I needed. Find somebody to do that for you. Find somebody who's going to call you out and challenge your bullshit. But that you know, actually cares for you. Because it's in those relationships where we start to trust that people actually care in our lives when we hand it over to somebody and we say, hey, call me out on this. And they actually do that. They call you out and you gave them the permission to do that, the consent to do that. It's this very synergetic, synergistic blah, thing that happens, right? There's this kind of connection and this trust building that happens from that. Look, we can't do this alone. We're not meant to, as human beings, do these things alone. We're meant to be in relationships. So integration needs to happen with others. Integration tends to happen with others. Integration needs to happen whenever we're learning to do something differently, right? I'm going to start talking about when integration typically is needed. I mentioned that we need this in our relationships. I'm getting there, but integration needs to happen. Um, it's kind of like a buffer. If 
if our connection, you know, I, I'm talking about like relationships, right? But if our connection, kind of like the internet connection, think of the internet connection. If our connection is slow and we're streaming like a movie or a show or whatever, we tend to see that it's buffering, right? Now, if you like, if you've ever watched YouTube or anything like that, you know what I mean. Things will need to buffer. When our connection is practiced, it's primed, it's swift, it's, um, you know, it's like a fast connection. We are moving in the here and now, and we're not really like having to, sorry, that's not, that's not what I meant to say. I think, I think what I'm trying to say is, I try to bring in this example, and I'm kind of butchering the example, but what I'm trying to say is that like, you know, with that buffer, it's like, we need to kind of wait. And we wait a little bit with that room to like, for everything to kind of load, right? So this episode needs to load and there's a lot of shit that's happening. And so we need to allow for some time for that episode to load, which is the reason why there's a buffer, which might be the reason why the connection's not so strong right now, but that's okay. If you give it time and you trust, then, you know, the thing eventually downloads completely or uploads or whatever is going on. And then we, it's the whole movie. And we're not just getting parts of the movie. We get the whole thing. But sometimes there's the buffer, right? I think that I just redeemed myself in that. So yeah, um, now I just want to make the connection here as to why it's important to integrate in your relationships. So first of all, from the time that we're really young, we learn from our caregivers, our parents, that there's a way to be in relationship with them. And as little children, I think, you know, as babies, we don't really challenge that, right? As babies, like we're really, really, really relying on our parents, our mothers, our fathers, our caregivers, wherever we are, whoever's taking care of us, um, because our lives are dependent on them. And because of this dependency that we have to them, we create a set of core beliefs that this is the way that the world works, right? Um, my world, my world I hear this from so many people. When I was young, my parents were my world. My family was my world. And this is the way the world works, right? Paired with the fact that our parents actually will tell us or people in our lives will actually tell us, like, they'll say, this is how it's like in the real world. This is what the real world is really like, you know? When you get out into the real world, you know, and then we really rely on our on, on those people who are telling us that, that stuff because like we're really young still and we live under their roof and they feed us and, you know, they keep us quote unquote safe. Yeah. So like we create this belief that this is how it's like. This is what I must do in order to survive. This is what I need to do in order to live and, and even thrive in this household. We learn that our we learn our relationship skills when we're really young by like emulating, um, you know, like when we're little kids with like, don't be a copycat, you know, like copycatting, imitating. This is how we learn our relationship skills. We watch our parents. We watch our caregivers. We watch our grandparents. We watch our aunts and uncles. We watch like people in, um, you know, I don't know. We just we watch the world. We watch TV. We watch program like programs. We watch movies. And then we imitate the things that we see as little kids. We can't say that those things are right or wrong. Although you may have been told that if you don't do X, Y, Z, you are wrong. But there isn't one way to do stuff, right? I am somebody who, like, especially here in the U.S., but I am somebody who definitely honors the differences. And here in the U.S., like here in the Western world, there's ton, like there's a ton of different ways to do things, especially when you consider all the cultures, the ethnicities, the backgrounds, like the melting pot of all the different the differences here. So if you honor differences as well, you will notice that there is no one way of doing something right. We have been told, you know, our parents coming from especially from like the my experience is that my parents are. They immigrated here from the Philippines. There's a there's a certain culture that goes on there that's different than being here. When they moved here, obviously they had to assimilate to the culture here, right? It's very different from where they came from. Um, and sometimes in, you know, the clash of the cultures happens growing up. And there's like the way of, you know, way things are going 
here in America and the way the way they the way my parents grew up. Um, And they're trying to share that with me and connect with me on that level. And it's really scary for them to feel like they're losing their children to um, a different culture. Like it can be very um, dysregulating for them. It's very scary. Um, And it could feel like they need to protect us from from all these things. But, you know, I don't really want to spend too much time there, but I basically just want to show how like there are differences. We all know, especially again, coming from like families, if you're Asian like me, um, you know, you might be a different ethnicity or, you know, come from a different background. But to some level, maybe we relate on that where our parents were trying to connect with us in a certain way. And then we began to connect with the world in a different way because the world was different from the world that they came from. Right. So the point I'm trying to make here is that we function largely by our default and original programming. Um, As adults, when we relate with others, we make connections using the blueprint that we were given from birth. At some point, we come across conflicts with our friends or partners or children along the way, like in our lives. And then when we choose to, when we choose to shift out of our old programs or our old operating system, like, okay, I dealt with conflict in this way growing up. So that's how I know how to deal with conflict. When I get out into the world, I am dealing with conflict in this way that I've learned, right? That's our original operating system. At some point, sometimes we learn, and this is how I learn, is that over and over and over, you keep hitting the same kind of conflicts with the same kinds of people. You think the person is the problem. So you keep discarding the person or you get let go of them, or you break up with them or they break up with you and you know it just never sticks. And you're like, why, oh, why? And you end up with someone else. You end up with another person. You end up, you, you keep going and you're like, why do I keep attracting the same types of people? And we keep having the same kinds of conflict. It's because the universe is giving you the opportunity to heal that which needs to be healed and that what needs to be learned in your your life, in your relationships, through your relationships, right? Relationships are so amazing in that way because they offer this like mirror to you where it's giving you like feedback. You're getting feedback from the universe. You're getting feedback from the people around you, from the people that you choose to be around you, right? So, um, you know, a lot of the time people come to coaching because they have been they feel like they've been in crisis. They feel like they've hit rock bottom. They feel like I can't keep doing life this way and I really fucking need help. So when you choose to shift out of the old programs and update to a new operating system, sometimes we all know like using that analogy of operating systems, we know that when we update our phones to a new iOS, if you're using Apple, sometimes that shit's buggy. Right. Sometimes like it, it kind of like makes things worse before they get better. Think about your phones. Like I said, all the times you've complained about how buggy the phone was during an update, like, oh, it was supposed to fix the thing. But then like this update was supposed to fix the problem, but instead it caused all these bugs. And now like the phone's acting weird and it's awkward and it's like freezing and it's doing all these weird things. That step is required, right? So after that, they realize, oh, we didn't actually fix the problem, like the root problem. We were just fixing these little things. And there's actually still some stuff we need to get in there and like and really like fix that problem, you know, like fix what's underneath. So then they create another update that's going to fix those bugs. And they they will outline that for you when you um, when you decide to install the software, the new software. It's like, OK, it's going to fix this bug and that bug. And, you know, it's going to fix this thing that was like having a problem and all that stuff. When we learn, so I'm making this analogy because when we are learning a new way of relating, new skills in our relationship, when we practice these things for the first time, when we choose to upgrade, right? It's an upgrade. When we choose to upgrade, yes, it's like it sucks because you're going through all this stuff, but essentially if you keep your if you're if you keep your focus, it's going to be an upgrade, right? So learning these new ways, these new skills, practicing these new skills for the first time or the first few times, it's going to be buggy. Not only will it be like awkward in that like buggy in the sense that it's awkward and it's not perfect, but buggy that it like bugs you that you still don't know. Like it's like I tried the one time and I like it's, it didn't work. And, you know, it like it bugs. Look, 
the whole point here, it's not to reach for perfection. That's the whole point of this is there's no there's no such thing as a perfect way of doing things, the, the one way of doing things. It's not about perfection. It's going to be weird, awkward, vulnerable, painful, scary, open. The work is accepting that, accepting that about yourself, accepting that about the journey, right? I know, I know it can be scary. I know it can be painful. I know it can be uncertain. It's the uncertainty, right? It's like, okay, well, if I go there, I've never been there before, but you're telling me if I go in that direction, like I might actually see the other side and the other side might not be as bad as what I keep telling myself. Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. All of our stories, our programming, all of the things that we've been told, they were there and they serve their purpose of protecting us. It's what got us here today. It's why we're here today. We're very intelligent beings. We're trying to survive. We're trying not to die. And we're here today. And thank you so much, Stories, for all the things that you did for me to get me to this point. And if I want to be, I want to choose to be greater than this. I want to choose to strive for more. Um, I want to choose to, like, believe in something more than what I was told to believe, right? We, we often talk about limiting beliefs. The beliefs that limit us are the beliefs that no longer serve us. The, they're the ones that we have been carrying, like have been like as baggage all our life. And now I can put this down. I can put the bags down, right? I can put all the bags down, put them down. And I can literally leave the bags there. I could be like, I choose not to take these bags with me or I want to take this and this with me and I don't want to take that with me, right? We get to choose. We get to choose. And um, I think I might be kind of rolling onto a different point, um, but I just wanted to make it very clear that this is your choice. When we move into the direction of our fears, which is always going to come up because all of these stories that we were handed and given there is a sense of like a protection, right? Like protecting you from what? So whatever you are protecting yourself from, that's where you won't go, right? Because you're just like, well, I don't want to go there if there's like something that's going to kill me or damage me or hurt me. Um, you know, the story is that if I go there, there's going to be some demon there, some darkness there, um, you know, and the, I think what I've learned and why I feel so confident about saying this is, when you lean into your fear and you start to face it and you start to w go into that direction, what what happens is, and I might have, I don't know, I had to break this episode up, so I might have said this earlier, but it's like all of these illusions are dangling there, right? Their stories, the bags that you're putting down, all of that stuff, like imagine they're all hanging there, like kind of like, like in your way. And what's behind all of that is something so immaculate and beautiful but the um contradictory thing is in order to reach that beautiful thing you kind of have to like lean into the fear so you have to like walk through right and and it's just it's an illusion that holds you back from what's on the other side and you can reach the other side but you've you have to go through that's what needs to happen so Getting back on track here. Integration means processing the new information that you're receiving. And that takes time, which is why resting is so valuable. Resting is so valuable. Um, integration, when I say that integration means processing new information, what comes to my mind uh, when I say that is like digesting food, right? We consume information right? Like, do you, do you understand that? Like we consume information, meaning we're always on Instagram scrolling. We're like, um, oh, information at our fingertips. I want to learn about this thing. I can just pull up all this information right now. I can read about it. I can nerd out. I can go down the rabbit hole. How many of us have gone down the rabbit hole of information because we wanted to nerd out on this thing that this topic that we fucking love? That's me, right? So what can happen is we consume, 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 consume. We're filling our brains with all this information. We're taking it all in. What happens when you've overeaten? It's not easy to digest that food, right? We might get digestion problems. We might get like indigestion. We might get gas. We might get like bubble gut. We might throw up. We might purge. We might not feel good. We, we might get sick. So processing this new information that you're receiving and learning and learning those new skills and all that stuff, it takes time, which is why resting is so valuable. And that's why we say getting into the rest and digest states. 
That's what breath work, you know, if you know me, you know, I practice breath work and breath work helps you tap into that rest and digest state, the state where you can actually give yourself the space and the time to process the shit that you're going through. Integration then means allowing yourself the time to rest. That's so beautiful. Most of us won't do that. Most of us are too scared to rest because if we rest, we're going to lose it all, right? No. Resting is what's going to help you step into your power. It's going to help you become whole. It's going to help you heal yourself. Hmm. So remember that. Rest and digest. And um, if you need help in that, Again, like breathwork is one of the, the tools that helped me do that. It helped me to get into the state of rest and digest, to be able to process the information, to be able to break down what's happening when we digest. The food gets broken down. Everything we consume starts to get broken down. And what does the food in our digestive system have to do? It needs to fucking get out of our system. All the bad shit needs to leave. All the toxic stuff needs to be like pushed out of our body, right? So, and if it doesn't, what tends to happen? If we don't push out the toxic things in our body, then they get stuck there. And what happens when they get stuck there? Disease, 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 right? Like cancers, a whole bunch of health problems, like uh, chronic fatigue, chronic pain, chronic illness. I remember there was a time in my life I got bronchitis every fucking six months. Every six months, I could not sleep. Granted, I was also smoking, right? There was grief. Grief lives in the lungs and there was grief that needed to be processed, but I was not processing it. In fact, I was just letting it sit there and I was running and running and running. It wasn't until I processed what needed to be processed. It wasn't until I digested what needed to move out of my body and release it out of my body that I no longer suffer from chronic bronchitis. It was almost like COPD. You know, I'm going to share a story with you now, and this is, we're going to share the story and then I think I'm going to wind down here, but I want to share the story with you because, um, I think it was so pivotal in my experience, like just as an experience in my life and what really, I think really got me. It's so funny because you're not going to see this as a relationship kind of thing. It's not a relationship topic, but it really like got me to see how much it felt like I was in like some relationship problem, um, this experience that I went through in my life um, with smoking, smoking cigarettes. I used to smoke cigarettes. I was a smoker for 13 years, if you didn't know. I started smoking at the age of 19 and I quit when I was, um, <laughs> what's 13 years after that? 32, 33? I think it was around that time. I'm 35 now. I'm 36 now, and it's been, I think, three years since I quit. Three full years, maybe a little bit over three years. But yeah, so I was about 32 or 33 when I stopped smoking, which isn't that long ago. It was not that long ago. All right. I'm going to tell you the story about um, about smoking, and then we're going to start winding down here. And yeah, and then yeah, we'll make like a full circle back about integration. But um, this is really like highlighting how important integration was to this process. So when I went from like smoker to non-smoker, I needed to process what was changing for me in my body, right? The process itself, I mean, it's a process itself going from a smoker to non-smoker. The thing is, I think a lot of people think that when you are smoking cigarettes, it's not a big deal. All you got to do, it's like oversimplified. All you got to do is stop smoking. Just choose not to pick up a cigarette. Don't put the cigarette to your mouth. Don't light one up, throw it away, break them, break them apart, throw them in the trash and never do it again. Oh, my, my grandfather quit cold turkey. You can do it too, you know? A lot of people don't realize, though, that with quitting cold turkey, great for the person. If that's the goal is to quit, awesome. But then are you not realizing that maybe there's pain underneath that, right? The person who has quit and is using willpower for the rest of their life to try to not smoke means maybe that they're beating themselves up, shaming themselves in the back of their mind, telling themselves how shitty they are for still wanting a cigarette, but I'm going to push through and not have that cigarette. Do you not know that some people like, you know, when we talk about like how people like commit 
suicide. And and then they're just like, sorry, I was like, not sure if I should just go ahead and say it. But like when people commit suicide, how we're just like, wow, we had no idea that they were going through that turmoil inside their head. The emotional turmoil, the psychological and mental shit that was going on in their head I had no idea because they were so loving and so caring and so kind and so happy. It seemed like they were really happy on the outside. What's happening on the inside, right? So when I was um, when I was a smoker, I was attached to cigarette smoking on an emotional, physiological, psychological, mental, and physical level. And I'm not even joking to you. So many levels, so many layers there. When I was shifting out of smoking, which, like I said, was a process in and of itself, like one day you're a smoker and then one day you're not. And again, when you when you think about like all the stories of like how simple it is to just quit and just like throw it out and stuff, it's not, it is that simple, yes. And then also honoring that it's not that simple. Things were changing in my body. I was in a practice of no longer physically smoking, no longer relying on this coping mechanism that was no longer like this coping mechanism, which I learned like for 13 years. I was no longer putting physically putting a cigarette to my mouth. I was no longer inhaling smoke and exhaling the smoke out. But it was a lot of work mentally and emotionally. I had to learn how to function in everyday life. You're like, well, what is what does that mean? Like, what do you mean you have to learn how to function in everyday life? I don't know that anybody talks about this. And when I was quitting, I would have appreciated somebody talking about this more. But when you quit smoking, you get fucking sleepy. You're drained. You're tired. Your body is changing. I mean, we do talk about withdrawal symptoms, but nobody goes into depth what those withdrawal symptoms feel like because cigarettes are just like not seen as a drug or anything, right? Like it's just like, oh, it's a common thing that people do and you can just stop. At work, I could not function. I was sleepy like I couldn't stay awake sleepy. So you know what would happen in those weak moments where you're like, I need to stay awake? What's going to happen if you need to stay awake at work? Probably you're going to relapse because the cigarette is what's going to wake you up. What the cigarette does is it like you get a dopamine hit to the brain, right? Like when you're smoking a cigarette, there's all these neuro neurotransmitters that get sent. They're like like pop off in your brain when you when you smoke a cigarette your heart rate increases F like physiologically if you've ever had a cigarette like for the first time you know how you kind of get sweaty and um and you know it just it feels weird your heart rate is pumping maybe you don't feel that good sometimes you kind of get sick if you've smoked a little bit too much and you were really inhaling that smoke because most people don't inhale the first like actually inhale but if you're actually inhaling and you're smoking too much what happens is you get really sick right? You get sick because your body is overworking itself. You've got too much neurotransmitters that don't have receptors to fall into in your brain. It's just all this extra toxic shit that's happening, right? Well, after years and years of doing that, what happens is all of those, um, your body's ability to create those neurotransmitters on their own, on its own, it's not anymore. It relies on the, the nicotine to do that. It relies on taking the hit of, you know, your cigarette to, Bah, 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 like shoot all these neurotransmitters to your brain to keep you awake, to keep you stimulated, to keep you um, alive or feel alive, right? Which is the reason why people continue to smoke. They continue to do it because they cannot literally function without it anymore. So when you choose to stop smoking, what is going to happen is your body is, it's going to highlight how shitty your body, your body cannot function on its own anymore. My body was not shoot like creating the neurotransmitters to the brain on its own anymore i needed to physically i needed to actually smoke but what happens when i don't want to do that anymore when i when i choose i don't want to smoke anymore and that's the challenge right so i was tired i was i was dependent on the cigarette i was scared and i was alone i felt alone without a crutch cuz the cigarette was my crutch right i had stories of being an introvert i was awkward i didn't know what to do with myself i didn't have very many friends i didn't know what to do with my hands etc cetera, etc cetera. so on my breaks i would go and smoke a cigarette be by myself be with my thoughts this was my quiet time this was the time that i give to myself because i needed alone time and i needed the peace and the solace that i was looking for but could never find do you see how many stories that just ran right there and yeah, maybe it's because people didn't want to be around the smell of smoke. Maybe people didn't want to be around me smoking. There were some people, the only people that are going to be around when I'm smoking are other smokers. 
right? So the point is here that the point here that I'm trying to make with this whole story about smoking is that rest is necessary. So you know what I did in order to integrate um, my like in order to integrate the uh, non-smoking version of myself and like to have my body integrate and come back to wholeness during this whole time, I took a few days off of work because I I racked up time at work so that I could have some vacation days. And I took vacation from work to sleep, to eat, to rest, to recover. It was so necessary. And I realized from that experience how much, how disabling this was. Like I could have probably been on state disability. Of course, no doctor is going to write you off on state disability for quitting cigarettes. But it's that that highlighted for me how like how shitty like we like we don't even we don't talk about these things and we don't realize and we don't honor that people who are quitting something are going through like all this other, this, all these other levels of shit. And I brought this up because it's, it's kind of highlighting how in our relationships, we're addicted to our beliefs. We're addicted to the way that, again, what we learn from our parents, because we've been doing it all our lives. We've trained our body to need certain things. If at birth, I swear to you, if at birth you were given something over and over, like a medicine maybe you didn't need, but you just kept taking this medicine over and over and over and over again, your body's so resilient, it's going to learn how to adapt to it. And it's not going to be as it's not going to be as toxic anymore. Your body will have learned how to process that shit, right? And as an adult, once you take that away, it's painful. It can be painful. It can be scary. It can be like, I don't know what life is without this thing. So same thing goes for our relationships, right? It's like when we're in relationships, I told you, you're given a blueprint. You're given like a set of beliefs. You're handed down a set of beliefs and how to relate. You imitate from your from your family of origin. And then you go out into the world and you start relating with other people, connecting with other people in that way. And you're so used to that way. And you say things like, well, this is the way that I am. Take it or leave it. Right? Why does it have to be, this is the way that I am. Take it or leave it. And yeah, if that's the way that you are, you've limited yourself basically because you just believe, like you can believe anything is what I'm saying. Okay. So, um, I just wanted to make that connection here. It's the, it's, it's the same thing. Like then you are addicted to this, this idea. And once you don't have that, that blank, that comfort anymore, what, what do they call it? Like the safety blanket or the comfort? I don't know. Like if somebody removes that comfort from you, yes, it's going to be fucking scary. And yes, you might not know how to live without the thing because it feels so vulnerable and so like wounding and like, scary and all that stuff. So if you know you're going to embark on a journey like that, like I did with um, smoking, like I did with um, with birth, right? We're also addicted to our beliefs about about birth. You know, as a woman, I'm going to speak with a, you know, with a vagina vulva that bleeds. Like I'm going to talk about like how we are, we are told that you know, birth is a scary process that it hurts, etc. And like, we don't room, we don't leave room for other possibilities out there that it might be orgasmic, that it might be enjoyable, that it might be beautiful. And, and, and like, there are other women out in the world who have felt orgasmic, like births. So, uh, So yeah, I just really wanted to like relate this. When I stopped smoking, um, when did I say I stopped smoking? I say it's three years ago, but I feel like it was longer than that. It was like 2019, May of 20 or 2018. 2020? Shoot, I don't even know. I felt like it was a really long time ago, but it wasn't that long ago. Um, Well, obviously I said like 32. So maybe about four, three to four years ago. Yeah. And I just really wanted to like highlight how um, the pain that I was in when I was quitting, when I chose to quit smoking, I was in so much 
pain. Like I, I was, it was registered as like, I had a, a really bad headache. Um, there was like all this pressure in my head. Like, you know, that pressure in the back of your eyes when you feel like you just can't, like you need to cry or something. I would cry. I cried like inconsolably. Um, I quit. I quit a few times in my life. Quitting is not the, it's not, a, it's not hard to quit. You can quit, you know? Um, but staying a non-smoker, I think that's, that's the journey, right? Um, that's kind of like the, the thing. Quitting is not, I can quit a hundred times, right? And then it's like, can I stay consciously like away from smoking cigarettes? Is there a conscious approach? Um, and that's, you know, like, I'm going to give credit to the, in case you are a smoker and you want some help, the Alan Carr method was what I used. It was an amazing method that really slowed everything down and helped me be present in the present moment. It helped me, it taught me what it meant to be present centered, right? And that's what I use in my coaching is a present centered approach to healing, to recovering, our dysfunctions and all of the things that we experience in our relationships that are not functional is just like a recovery from something like this. I saw the similarities in, in, between the both of them. We're used to a certain way of doing something. We connect in a certain way. And then when we're not doing that anymore, it can be really painful. And there, it can be really uncertain. I don't really know what to do, right? And what needs to happen is a lot of rest and, and recovery needs to happen. Um, and that's where integration comes into play. I know it sounds really intense and that's because it was really intense. But, you know, if you think about it, like a lot of a lot of non-smokers shame, use shame as a way to get smokers to trying to quit. And then it makes them feel like and then I don't know, it's unconscious, but you're making them feel shitty when they don't right? I know I felt shitty when I couldn't stop smoking, which gives me, which gave me more reason to smoke, to cope with the shame. I had to actually want to quit myself. I had to choose to do the work on my own and nobody could do that work for me. So um, let's see if you ever wondered why, you know, like in your head, you know something, you know you shouldn't do something or you know you should do something, but you can't seem to do it or not do it even though you know, you know in your mind it's the best thing to do or the worst thing to do, you know, but the mind can only take you so far. So mindset and all that stuff, it can only take you so far. And integration is the mind-body connection. Integration is the whole being, your whole being, not just your mind. To be a healthy, functional human being, the mind and the body must function in balance. When you wonder why you're still not able to do something, even though you've taught yourself, told yourself, learned something, you've beat yourself up in your mind so that you're skilled and you know what you should be doing, your muscles might not. Your muscles don't. They may have been trained. Sorry. They haven't been trained, right, or retrained to do something transformative, something you've never taken action on before, something you've never done before. That's what I'm helping my clients do, right? You transform as a relationship transformation coach. I'm helping people transform in their relationships, take action on things that they never could imagine they could take action on before. And that means retraining. Your muscles need to feel it too, not just your mind. You need to feel it in your body. So if you've ever experienced that, I know what I should be doing. Just like I did. I know I should quit. Most smokers know they should quit smoking. Why? Because they're experiencing disease and they're experiencing coughing and they have COPD and they're coughing every six months and they don't have fucking money because they're using it all on cigarettes because they're addicted, right? Like we know this stuff. We don't need to. It's like so stupid. Like I don't need to know this more and I don't need people to scare me to stop smoking. I don't need people to remind me how much money I don't have because I keep smoking. I don't need people to remind me of all those things. What do I need to do? I didn't know what I needed to do. And non-smoker, I mean non-smokers who are who are advising smokers to just quit, you don't know what to do. You're not in my position, right? So so 
something that to think about is you've got to really shift with your body. Your body needs to, it's like there's a buffer. Your mind is moving faster than your body is moving and you need to bring them back into balance. And that's when you can be a healthy, functional human being, right? Um, it's all relative. So, you know, when you think about like the, the moments before you get into a fight with your partner, for example, your muscles in your body are already getting ready for the fight. You're already taking a posture that is like um, defensive maybe. You know what I mean? Like maybe you don't realize like some of the muscles on your face, some of the muscles in your neck and your shoulders, your heart rate might be like already like pumping. Your hands might feel like you're about like maybe you don't realize it, but maybe they're they're creating like you're creating a fist, like you're about to fight. Right. Maybe you start like noticing that you're like kind of like stimming with your hands. Stimming is like a way of like stimulating. Right. Like um, so and I use stimming because like I, I heard about that in the ADHD world. But, you know, maybe you notice that there are things that are changing in your body already before you get into the fight. It's not like you get into the fight. So then all these things happen. All these things are already happening. There's energy rising in your body. So to drop this, to change patterns, to shift out of old programming, your muscles have to get used to softening. They have to get used to shifting. They have to get used to what it feels like to drop defenses maybe or try something different, try on something different. This is why integration is so key, right? So when we rest, we allow ourselves to feel. When we're in the rest and digest state, like I mentioned earlier, we allow ourselves to feel. When we feel, we can learn to understand and deal with the energy that comes up. Let it come up. What do I do with it now? I've got to respond in the here and now moment instead of being in the mind and trying to protect myself from, well, if that comes up, this is what I'll do. And if not, then this is how I'll protect myself. And we play and we use the mind so much, we burn out our mind trying to protect ourselves against something that might not ever even happen. This is how we deal. This is how we heal our dysfunction, right? This is why it's so important. We need to allow, allow it to come up. Face that shit. The only way you're going to face it and actually see if it's true or not, if you've been protecting yourself from something all your life, like a like an illusory, um, like an illusion of a tiger that's going to pop out of your closet, right? It's just a metaphor. But if you think that there's a tiger in the inside your closet, just like as children, we think that there's like things hiding under our bed. If you let that consume you, then you will believe that there is a monster under your bed, right? Like for God knows how long. And we all have maybe been there and then like realized like, oh, there is no monster under the bed. You know what I mean? So like, but we had to face that to know. And then when we realized there's no monster in the bed, maybe I'm not scared of it anymore. I can soften. I don't have to like be in my bed trying to protect myself, waiting and being like in this alarmed state, this chronic stress. So... I hope that this was really helpful and I hope that this encourages you to take time to rest on your healing journey. I think that most people, if you're healing from, you know, the patriarchy and um, colonization and all of that kind of stuff, like just the way that we function in the world is already like a certain kind of way. And when you're recovering from that and you're trying to give yourself the time to connect with your more, more authentic being, connect with yourself, come back to home, connect with others more deeply in a more authentic way, like we haven't known how to do that up until this point and up until the point that you chose to do that. So be kind with, your, with yourself. Give yourself the grace to integrate, the grace of integration. Give yourself some time to rest. We have been programmed to think that we must do, 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 do. And if you do all these things, then you will be praised for all of these things. We think that if we do all these things, then... Um, will for sure like end up on the other side and you know all this doing is going to get me what I want but like how many of you guys all this doing has just led to burnout which led to like extended periods of rest and a loss of time if you find moments to rest in between you can sustain your fucking energy right that's this that's the smart thing to do 
some people, they take vacations, right? Like some people take vacations from work because they know that if I take a vacation every quarter, then I feel good and I can keep going. Um, I can keep going. Um, the, what is it like those all year round school systems where they're in school all the time, but then they give breaks in between like every, like court, every, like, again, every quarter of the year, they give a break versus like going a whole school year and then getting like two or three months off. Now, granted, like it's still the same amount of information and all of that kind of stuff, but maybe one is less jarring than the other. Or one is um, one is more like one can help regulate your nervous system more than the other. And that's for you to figure out. That's for you to figure out. So if you have found my uh, podcast valuable, if you found um, anything that you've heard on this podcast valuable, consider sharing the podcast with a friend who could use this kind of support. It's also extremely helpful uh, for me if you would write a review, like if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, it helps others get in touch with the support that they need. Um, this is a free resource that I have out that I really want to be able to touch people with, um, you know, to help to help with this movement of, um, yeah, of like not, not being part of the status quo. So when you write a review, it really does help with my reach. Uh, my mission here is to create a resource that will help transform people's lives and their relationships. So yeah, I would really appreciate if you dropped, you know, a just really quick review. What can people expect? Um, let people know it's worth their time. And thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate you being here. You chose to listen here when there's other things out there to listen to. Right. So thank you so much. My heart goes out to you. Remember, you can follow my Instagram for tips and witness my own like healing journey and self-development happening in my own relationship because I'm doing the healing work too. My IG handle is just shape shift, the way that it sounds, just shape shift, all one word. And let's go and get your go and get your shift together in your relationships. Thank you so much for being here. And I will talk to you on the next one.